the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Who would have thought that we would have had part two today on the 21st of November? But um, such is life at present. And uh, it just shows God's ways are much higher than ours. He knew that we would need a good state of mind to get through this lockdown. So we began the series, which actually followed on from our series in 1 Peter, which was an encouragement to first century believers in tough times. And uh, those almost uh, would describe times that we're going through, only they had it much worse. As it says in 1 Peter, we should not be surprised if we encounter testings and trials. But there is one kind of trial that really tests our state of mind and traps many in a prison of bitterness. And it's a prison called unforgiveness. Let's pray. Father, I just um, commit this message to you. I pray it would just touch our hearts. Your word would come out off the page and speak to our lives, Lord. And anything that we may still be holding on to and not even perhaps realize. Lord, I just pray we would have a freedom in the area of forgiveness. That we would have freedom to have a great state of mind. That we can praise you no matter what. We don't even have to have a reason to praise you. But we just praise you anyway. And God, we just thank you that it's all for your glory, as the last line of the song says. It's all for your glory. And we pray now we have ears to listen in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Here's the kicker. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Well, just yesterday I was catching up with a friend of Aaron's who was wearing a full shoulder sling. His sort of arm was out here, kind of had that little prop thing. He was all in a big brace. And it was because he'd had an, an, an injury that had been plaguing him for 16 years and he'd finally got surgery to do it properly and get it healed properly. And he has to wear this, this, this brace. I mean, he has to sleep on his back. He can't barely even hold his little seven-month-old daughter um, because he's really only got one hand. Um, but he has to wear this thing until early next year, sometime in January or February, uh, to correct the hurt that he's been living with all these years. See, had he had surgery years ago, he would have been pain-free much sooner. So, you know, it's like in the natural, it is in the spiritual, when, when past hurts still hurt, we need spiritual surgery, the kind only Jesus can can offer. And I was talking to a counselor on, on Friday night, and he said that 
Almost every counseling situation involves some form of unforgiveness. It is so foundational that Jesus took time to explain the part of the Lord's Prayer that actually deals with this issue. If you want to turn to, to Matthew 6, we're just going to read one verse, verse 14. For if you forgive men their transgressions or sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Wow, Jesus took the time to explain that one part of the prayer more fully. So this is important, folks. This is important, friends. I've called this message today, When Past Hurts, Still Hurt. And the first step towards freedom in this area is, number one, to acknowledge the hurt. We have to acknowledge it. See, when past hurts still hurt, we need to admit that it's hurting, be real, and not sweep it under the mat. When I was a kid at Horsham Downs Primary School, I was sometimes given the job of sweeping the little path and thing out beside the headmaster's office, and there was no brush and pants. So I just used to sweep it all under the mat and put the mat back down. <laughs> Bad, I know. <laughs> but we do that too, don't we? We can even do it as a church. Sweeping things under the mat. So the first step to freedom and a healthy state of mind is to acknowledge the hurt. In Genesis 45, verses 1, 2, and 4, we read an amazing story about someone who has been carrying hurt for many, many years, and he lets it all go in these few verses. It's Joseph. And I've always thought of Joseph as this kind of standout Old Testament hero because he sort of he kept his integrity, he didn't, he didn't fall for temptation, he seemed to um, survive all these hurts and things as he, you know, as a result of his brother's evil upon him. And yet, when I sort of read these verses, I realized he'd been carrying this hurt all of his life. And in one sense, any success was really secondary to this underlying hurt that he must have felt. Even being promoted would have been almost a little hollow because he still had this deep, deep-seated hurt from his family. Where were they to even celebrate it with? So here's Joseph, and he's, it's at the point, obviously, where he's, he's confronted with his brothers. And it says in verse 1, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried, Have everyone go out from me. He didn't want all his attendants to, to see how real he was going to be in a moment. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. So much for sending them out, they heard it anyway. <laughs> this was some weeping. This was some cry from the heart to get all of this hurt out. 
And the household of Pharaoh heard it. Jumping to verse 4, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. This is a major step. These guys had left him for dead. Then they decided to sell him into slavery. Virtually all the hurt and stuff ever since of prison life and being rejected and being blamed for something he hadn't done, all of that was from that action of them selling him out. And they came closer. Another important point. They came closer to him. This was a God moment. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. He doesn't sweep it under the mat. He says it like it is. You sold me into Egypt. He's in a sense, he's calling them out. And as we know, the brothers, humility, won Joseph over. And uh, he was actually able to be very real with them and they with him. And there was repentance, there was true repentance, and Joseph was able to forgive them. But you've got to acknowledge the hurt. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? I'm okay, that's our Kiwi thing, isn't it? I'll be right. Why carry it like Joseph for half your life? Why have unresolved medical issues like Paul for 16 years? Because we sometimes don't want to acknowledge it, eh? Number two, we need to surrender our right or your right to punish. Let's read Romans 12. Verse 17 to 19. We have to give up our right to punish the person that's hurt us. Never pay back evil for evil for, to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let's just have a look for a minute at what forgiveness is and what it is not. Have we got those up on the screen? Forgiveness is about freedom. That's what it is. It's a choice. It's about freedom. What forgiveness is not is justifying those that have hurt you, their actions, or perhaps even our own. It's not letting them off the hook. Forgiveness is not a guarantee of reconciliation. And forgiveness will not guarantee we'll do life together moving forward. Forgiveness is about freedom. Forgiving someone is simply our first step for our own state of mind and freedom of heart. But according to Scripture... We are not obliged to justify actions or even to remind people often of how they've hurt us. To forgive is not to let them off the hook, especially when a criminal act has occurred. Did you catch that? In the case of abuse or something that's a criminal act, that's a justice decision that's beyond our control. It's unfair to ask someone to forgive and forget that. 
there has actually been an injustice. But we can choose to forgive. Forgiving someone is not a a guarantee of reconciliation. Again, we surrender our rights to punish or force an apology. That's God's job. But we can do our part to open a door for getting along. Finally, forgiveness is not a guarantee that we'll ever do life together again. If the wounded party has deep scars healed by Jesus, there's freedom in that alone. But if, if there's no repentance from the wounder, there's no obligation to return to life together. Is this helping anybody? Is this, is this something that we, we've, we've faced in our life? Maybe you can just start thinking of someone's name. Perhaps there's someone's name has just come to your mind right now. This teaching is actually based on a, on a teaching from someone I listened to who was abandoned by their father at birth, whose mother then married her drug dealer a couple of years later, who suffered abuse and rejection and was left to their own devices for many years till they found Jesus. I believe this message is for someone here today that has known something of that rejection, that has some, some similar, had some similar put down or abuse. I haven't known those things, but I have walked through forgiveness issues of a different kind in recent years. So number three, pray for them. Pray for them. You know, you're thinking, no way, no way after what they did. But Matthew 5 verse 44 commands us to. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I'm meaning good prayers. You know, not the kind of prayers that start off, Lord, may the fleas of a thousand camels infest their armpits. (laughs) Pray good prayers over them. Number four, be open to reconciliation. We've got to be open to it. A lot of scriptures today. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember your brother has something against you, verse 24, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. We've got to be open to reconciliation, but, it, but it's with conditions. We're not to be walked over. Unconditional forgiveness brings freedom for us, but true fellowship, and there's the difference. There's a difference between forgiveness and fellowship. True fellowship can only happen when there is True repentance on the part of the one who's hurt us. True change, trust, honour and respect. If these conditions are genuine, then the scripture encourages us to restore fellowship. But if not, after several warnings, the Bible actually tells us to discontinue fellowship. 
We can forgive, but trust has to be earned. How does that work in families? Maybe you need to pray a prayer for those people who you are struggling with, even in your family, that restoration and fellowship can be restored on this scriptural basis. Tricky. Really hard, eh? And that's where I think number five kicks in. If you're struggling with this, number five is pray for divine strength, healing, and freedom. See, God is the God of the impossible, Matthew 9, 10, 26. And looking upon them, Jesus said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So never give up, never give up hope. Don't stop praying for them. Pray, pray, pray. But it takes prayer and sometimes fasting to bring about true change in us and in others. You know, we have to look first at our own life and make sure we are not still harboring stuff and are a part of the um, problem. My mother had a saying, the whole world is strange except for thee and me, and at times I even worry about thee. <laughs> anyway, to live in peace, Second Corinthians 13 verse 11 says, Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be conformed, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. To live in peace means to check our own state of mind and heart. If there is a change needed there, first, that's where we start. On Thursday, I was uh, discussing the challenge of raising children in this current climate with a woman who was battling issues with teenage daughters. I happened to say, well... One of the things that we found helpful was to apologize to our boys when we were wrong. We found that our boys were always very quick to forgive us when we humbled ourselves and did that. She said very quickly, I've never done that. But then there was a pause and there was a moment. It was one of those God moments, a challenging moment where I believe the Lord may have used my words to bring about a conviction. Perhaps she will try doing that even if she's got a limited faith in God at present. Hey, God wants to bring us into healing and freedom. That's his desire. Let's keep our eyes on the goal. How is your state of mind today? When we talk about the need to forgive, does it bring to mind a person or, or persons in your life? And perhaps you've pushed back those, those thoughts. Perhaps you've pushed your past hurts down, you know, to a safe place or what you think is a safe place where you think you can't, they can't affect you now. Sadly, by putting a band-aid over them, you're not fully healed. We learnt this at Bible College that hurts are like a big sore 
and just by putting a band-aid over the top, it does not heal. We have to get to the bottom of it, dig it out, treat it, fill it up. No need for a band-aid. They say time heals, but the more we talk to people, we find that old wounds still pop up in the process of becoming a new person, a new creation that we hear about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. See, until you bless and pray for those who hurt you, you're not healed. If you cannot bless them, if you cannot pray for them, if you say, I will never do that, then you're not healed. True freedom can be yours today. The Holy Spirit's in the business of healing memories. He's in the business of restoring the hurts and the hurting and even in the business of restoring fellowship with your enemies. I've just thought of this, but you know, Psalm 23, isn't it? He will sit and eat with my enemies in the presence of my enemies. That's a God thing. We need God to be able to eat with our enemies. So remember, you won't change what you don't acknowledge. So acknowledge your hurts is number one. Surrender your right or your punishment, your right to punish offenders in your past. Number three, pray for them. Number four, be open to reconciliation. And finally, pray for miracles. Pray for strength, pray for healing, and above all else, freedom. That's God's goal, to bring you into freedom. Forgiveness is a process. It's not a one-off. See, just like Paul's shoulder cast, healing past hurts takes time. He's got to have this thing on for months. Don't get discouraged. If you're hearing this, then you're already well on the way to freedom. Look to Jesus. His power and love is the perfect antidote for all pain and hurt. He's the God of the impossible. He's a good, good Father who wants to bring you into full freedom. Who is that person, that name that's come to mind today? Let's work toward freedom, to love them, bless them, pray for them, and and in God's timing and with his amazing power, come into fellowship with them again. Let's pray. Lord, you paid an amazing price for our freedom. You paid with your life, your blood on the cross, all sin, all damage and hurt, to our souls and our spirit, the spirit of abandonment, the spirit of rejection, and the spirit of abuse. So, Lord, we just lay those things at your feet today afresh. Lord, we just put them at the foot of the cross in a spiritual sense. And we ask, God, that you would lead us into freedom now by blessing and praying for those who have hurt us. 
Lord, that we just walk free and be able to praise you for who you are and for all your, your gifts and, and purpose and, and goodness. You are a good, good father who cares for his kids and wants them set free. And Lord, you want our offenders set free. You want our enemies, if we can call them that, set free too. Lord, your plan is to lead us into that, that place of restoration and grace and then grace upon grace. So, Lord, we pray that. We pray that miracle-working power into every relationship here in this room today. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.